Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Aspiring Adult Podcast. This is your host, Sarah Smiles, and I want to start this week off by saying that I'm kind of in a rut recently, and it's been pretty difficult to get out of and feel like there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I know that I'm saying this, given that I'm moving in a few short weeks here, short months, I hope, to San Diego, which is very exciting and I'm very much so looking forward to it. But I'm so over being in Boston and being in Massachusetts that I just come home from work and I'm just dejected and I don't want to be at my apartment and I don't want to be with my roommates and I just want to get out of here as soon as possible. And I'm having a really difficult time adjusting my mindset and trying to live out my best life while I'm still in Boston, while I'm still with some of the people that I'll probably never see again, or with Savina, who is one of my best friends, who lives a block away from me. You know, I want to live in the moment, I, but I'm also such a planner. I think I'm just having a really hard time living in the moment and trying to figure out how to get out of this rut while I'm here. So I'm going to try and make like a fun list of things to do. Like, you know, when you're a little kid and you make a bucket list for the summer and you draw all or you make the like handwritten list of all the items that you want to complete before the end of the summer, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to try and romanticize my last few weeks here in Boston and do everything that I want to do before I go and I think making it into like that more childlike mindset of the bucket list is going to make it way more fun and way more exciting and make me want to do more in the city rather than come home and lay in bed and not really think about anything else besides her going and waking up and going to work out and going to work the next day which speaking of which I am currently doing 75 hard because why not? I don't know. I just decided that I wanted to challenge myself and do something. And I haven't done that in a while. Like I had my 100 miles in February, which I did. And it wasn't easy. It was kind of hard. And I haven't done something like that in a while. So we decided 75 hard. And to be honest, like not to brag or flex, but like to brag and flex, the 75 hard is pretty much just like my normal life, but like a little bit accentuated. So you have to have two workouts. For those of you that don't know what 70 hard, 75 hard is, it is a workout challenge or like a health challenge, I think it's actually proposed as. So the health challenge, damn, I'm kind of... Um, I was just flexing. Anyways, so the challenge is there's 75 consecutive days that you have to take part of this challenge, hence the name 75 hard. The hard part is that you have to work out twice a day and one of the workouts has to be outside. At least one of the workouts has to be outside. So you can do both of your workouts outside if you want, but at least one of them has to be every single day, no matter what. And then... The other aspects of the challenge are that you have to drink a gallon of water a day, which for me is very hard, but 
I have a hydro flask that has a straw on it and something about that oral fixation, maybe I should contact Freud and figure out what that's about, but something about having that straw makes it a lot easier to drink. So I have to drink three of those plus just a regular glass of water every day to get to the gallon. And I have to pee so much now. But anyways, so you have to drink a gallon of water and then additionally you have to pick a diet of your choice and there's no cheat meals. So I'm not big into like diets and whatnot. I'm very much so into eating whatever I want to eat. But I do recognize that whenever I eat meat, I don't feel well. So I've taken this opportunity to completely go, and I'm using this terminology, and it's kind of funny, go cold turkey and just not have any meat and just become pescatarian for these 75 days. And I was going to go completely vegetarian, but then realized I'm going to be moving to San Diego and I am going to be wanting to eat a lot of fish tacos I just know that about myself and I don't want that to hinder my experience. So that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to become a pescatarian for the next 75 days and potentially forever because I really just the thought of meat to me is not enticing, which it's not always been that way. I used to really enjoy eating meat. Like I used to go, you know, when you're younger, and your parents let you go and pick anywhere that you want for your birthday to go out to dinner. My number one choice through and through was Texas Roadhouse. And this was for a plethora of reasons. First and foremost reason was because they gave you like a little horse on a stick. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's the horse's head, it's a stuffed animal, and then you're on a stick and then you sit on the stick and you ride the broomstick. They give you that when it's your birthday. And <laughs> I saw other kids doing that. I was like, oh my God, I really want to do that. I want to have my birthday here. And so we went to Texas Roadhouse. I remember this so vividly. Oh my God. I want to now find the photos from that birthday experience. First of all, I invited Lucy. So if we listened to my last podcast, Lucy was at this birthday dinner experience and this was like the first time I ever invited a friend to like a family dinner it was was a weird experience for me I didn't like it but anyways so I invited Lucy so that was one thing second thing I got an outfit from limited two and I was very excited about it because it was like chic and for older girls because there was like no bedazzled diamonds on it. I was also just through and through a limited two girl. And for those of you who know, know, like there were justice girls and there were limited two girls. I was very much so a limited two girl. And if you are watching the video footage of this, this would make a lot of sense because I straight up. I'm wearing a low ponytail, slut strands are out front, I have my rainbow P-Town hat on, my crystal choker, and a bro tank on that says spiritual gangster. Like, this is going to come to no shock to any girl that is listening to this podcast right now or watching the video. I was very much so a limited two girl, and 
I was not a justice girl. So went to limited two, got my birthday outfit, and it was a bell sleeved polka dot top with a scoop neck, and I felt like the shit in it. And my mom put curlers in my hair, and so my hair was really curly. I was wearing flare jeans and obviously a pair of riding boots. I was such a riding boots bitch. I was so horse girl. Like that's largely why I wanted to go to the Texas Roadhouse, just to ride this stupid stick horse so I show up to Texas Roadhouse I'm in my limited two birthday outfit I am with Lucy I am with my family we are having an amazing time we have just ordered a blooming onion I have had approximately four cinnamon rolls with that butter you know the butter that I'm talking about if you've been to Texas Roadhouse anyways I was loading up on that and out comes the people with the little horse and they're singing happy birthday and they are just going at it, getting ready to sing to me. And typically when they bring out the horse, the little stick with the horse's head on it, the kid just sits there and they're just singing to the kid on the horse in front of their family and they're doing the little Texas Roadhouse song. Not me, not I. Me and my freshly curled hair with my limited two outfit gets on that horse and I am galloping away from the table. I am darting around the restaurant. I am making my rounds. Everyone in that Texas Roadhouse knew it was my birthday. Every single person knew that it was my birthday and it was honestly a peak experience for me. Come back to the table, have my little piece of chocolate cake. Amazing. But the moral of the story is I also wanted to go to Texas Roadhouse. In addition to the horse situation, I also just really loved steak. I love steak so much that it was one of my favorite foods. And I I identified as a steak enthusiast even through college. And then I discovered sushi and I was like, whoa, sushi is kind of the shit. And then I moved over to being a sushi gal. But... Another example of me being a really big steak eater was, and I don't know why all of my stories with me eating steak are going to revolve around horses, but in this instance, they do. So again, me being a horse girl, my dad decided that we were going to go to a ranch for our summer vacation with our family friends. And this was, this was Honestly, like one of the peak experiences of my life. I realize I'm saying that again about this situation. I guess me, steak, and horses was like really an iconic trio during my childhood, during my adolescence. Hmm. Who would have thought? Anyways, so we were on this dude ranch. Amazing experience in the middle of Indiana. Uh, It was in French Lake. I really wish I remember the name of this ranch because, again, highlight experience French like Indiana dude ranch wish I had more information for you but I feel like it was like Lone Star I feel like actually that's probably like what every place is called anyways so we're at this ranch and these cowboys I'm calling them cowboys I'm not sure if that's an offensive term I don't think it is these I'm calling them cowboys these cowboys asked us what type of steak we wanted. They were going to make us dinner. And they're offering up the menu of steaks. There's like a ribeye. There's a New York strip. There's a filet. And then there's a porterhouse, which the porterhouse is 24 ounces of meat. And to put that into perspective, 
like a ribeye is nine ounces. Okay, so 24 ounces versus nine ounces. Most people would think that a ribeye is a lot of steak, okay? Which it is. You're only supposed to eat as much as your fist. And to be honest, my little dainty fist when I was a child was not very big. I would say it was like half the size of a ribeye. Like I shouldn't have been eating that much meat. I ordered the porterhouse steak. I ordered the porterhouse steak. And he's grilling it and he's going up to all the dads like asking, hey, how do you want this porterhouse steak cooked? Or how do you want, how do your boys want this cooked? And my dad points over to me, little blonde haired, skinny. I wasn't skinny. All right. I was never skinny, but little blonde thin girl over across the way and was like no the steak is for her and the cowboy was concerned he was very concerned and he was like you know that that's 24 ounces right like that's a lot of meat and I was like yeah nope that's what she wanted so and for what reason my dad let me order that I still have no idea but he let me order it I got it anyways I think he thought it would be funny. I ate the whole thing. And then in addition to me eating the entire 24 ounces, people weren't finishing their steaks and I was eating the scraps off of their plate. I think I'm still working off all of that protein and that's why it's so difficult for me to lose mass on my body. But nonetheless, I was very much so a steak eater. I was very much so a meat eater. And nowadays, not so much. Not so much into the meat and steak eating genre. And I think I'm very much so in my fish girl era. My passion for steak and my love for steak is not what I wanted to talk about for the whole episode. Although it is seeming that way. Hmm. What I wanted to talk about this episode is being... It's this concept that I recently learned from Michael Singer, who is a big spiritual leader or spiritual icon, whatever you want to call him, very into spirituality, and he writes books, has his own practice, and is just very aligned with spirituality. So I'm listening to one of his lecture series, and he is talking about the book that he wrote called The Untethered Soul. And... In this book, or in this lecture series, he talks about becoming a intern in your own life. And I know what you're thinking, like, why is that an enticing concept to you? Why would you want to be an intern in your own life? No one ever said, first of all, no one ever said that I wanted to be an intern in my own life. We just are interns in our own life. So let's let's go ahead and get that straight off the bat. So I don't, no one wants to be an intern, but the thing is we are interns because we are coming in to this job experience. And I'm going to talk about life as a job, okay? Like we got the interview and when I say we got the interview, there, there was no interview and there was no interview. So ignore that. There was no interview. We landed nepotism. I don't know. Like, we had connections. We we had connections that got us this internship, which was our parents having a soulful connection. Whatever. Anyways, we're here. So, you have this 
you have this job that you have no experience with and you're just expected to complete all the tasks that are given to you. Like if you had a job at a hospital and a patient starts bleeding out, you're not going to say, hey, patient, maybe hold off on the bleeding. Maybe stop the bleeding for now and I'm not ready for that. Like, let's come back and revisit that when I have more experience with that. No, you're expected to deal with the bleeding patient, even though you have no experience with it, right? So that is the concept that I'm bringing to you in terms of the internship of your own life. You have no experience when you come into this life. And there are other people that have lots of experience. Which is why there is such a stigma of having respect for your elders because they have lived through so much life. They know so much more than we do. And anyways, so you're never going to go up to somebody in a hospital when you're interning and say, hey, you know what? Maybe don't go into cardiac arrest just yet. I'm just, I I haven't reviewed that section and I'm not ready, I'm not ready for you to do that yet. So snap out of it. So instead of doing that, you just react and you go about a situation and you try and find the best result for it. Although if you're an intern, you're likely not dealing with the cardiac arrest yourself, but you probably have help for the situation. This is just an example. I'm just saying. It was an extreme example, but I'm just giving an example. So with the concept of life and the concept of being an intern in your own life, the idea here is that you have the opportunity to approach every single problem that you encounter with the ability to view it as a learning experience. You have the opportunity to decide what your reaction to that specific stimulus, situation, event is. You get to ultimately decide how you go about resolving a problem, how you go about reacting to a situation. If you find yourself in a situation of not knowing how to react to something or not liking the way that you react to something, you could change how you react to it in the future. And you can change how you're mentally conditioned. How I want to tie life back to being an intern is you have all these experiences. And let me tell you about one of the experiences that I've had that I've decided hey, you know what? I'm just going to treat this like I'm an intern and I'm going to kind of play this out and see how it goes. And I, like, as an intern, you make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're going to be fired. Like, you're not expected to know everything. So for me, I've had a number of friendships throughout my entire life. And I haven't gone about solving problems or solving issues in all of my friendships in the best ways at all times. But I'm doing what I think is best for me in the moment. So there was a period in college when 
I was living with my best friends, Emma Kenzie and Savina, and I was just going through a really tough time being friends with Emma. And I was like, all right, is it that we're spending too much time together? Like we shared, we literally shared a wall. Like the wall that was connected to my bed was also connected to her bed. Like we just, we did everything together. We were the same major. We were in the same sorority. We had the same friend group. We literally came home to the same house. Like we were just chronically with each other and we became very competitive with one another. And at the time, I had no idea how to deal with that situation. I have never been in a situation like that before in my life. I was so put off by it because I just didn't want to have to compete with somebody that I was friends with. So I was like, you know what is going to solve this? You know what's going to remedy this really quick? I'm just going to stop being friends with Emma. I'm going to just stop telling her things. I'm going to stop talking to her. I'm going to stop asking her to hang out. I'm going to become a recluse in my room and not have to deal with her. And I'm going to be done talking to Emma until I feel resolved in this situation. And retrospectively, looking back on that situation, is that how I should have dealt with it? absolutely not. No, that's not going to give you promotion into your friendhood. That's not going to help your friendhood advance. But in that instance, I had never experienced a situation like that before. I have never been around somebody that I was so close with that I had become so frustrated with that I didn't know how to deal with that situation. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to react. And so I just did what I thought was best. And Emma brought that to my attention. She was like, hey, I feel like we're not really friends anymore what's going on can we talk about this and you know what my stubborn self decided to double down and be like yeah we're not friends right now so thanks though thank thank you thank you for that and absolutely gut-wrenching to her I literally just watched her cry in front of my eyes and I was like oh that sucks doesn't it Mm." well on to the next and thought that it was just going to be like one of these things where I was like, okay, well, Emma wasn't satisfying my friend need. Like I'll just fill, I have a new friend fill that void. The thing is, it doesn't, it does not work like that. Um, when you have a good friend, you have a good friend. So after that discussion with Emma, we kind of had a few more discussions where we started to get a little bit closer and this was largely rooted in us graduating so soon because I was like, oh, well, I might as well talk to Emma while I'm still here. I'm not going to be living under the same roof as her within like a two second walk anymore. Like, I'll just, I'll just talk to Emma. Like I kind of miss her and we'll just start chatting again. And so we did. And We did have really great conversations and we were still friends. Like there was never a point in time where we weren't friends. We just weren't best friends during a duration of senior year, which was very upsetting now looking back on. Um, So we weren't really considered to be best friends. And it was something that I was like not proud of, but I was fine with because I was also in like a really dark time. I had just broken up with my long-term boyfriend and 
I just wanted to be alone. I wanted to be left alone. I didn't want to feel happiness. But Emma really respected that as a friend and she gave me my space. And then once I moved to Boston, I was very lonely. I was so lonely. And I thought back to the days of the friend or I thought back to the days of when Emma and I were best friends and when we would see each other every second of every day and was starting to question why I ever got so annoyed with our relationship. And so immediately gave her a call and was like, I'm so sorry for pushing you away and I should not have acted that way. And I sincerely apologize for the way that I treated you. It was completely unfair. It was completely unjust. It was completely unprompted. And I really gave you no explanation. I kind of just cut you off. And I'm really surprised that you're even taking my phone call right now. And since then, obviously, we've become best friends again. And she's my ride or die. But there was a point in time where... I did not think that we were going to be back at the place that we once were. And how I'm relating this back to the internship is sometimes people have these unique experiences. And I don't know if Emma, I, I didn't ever talk to her about this, but I don't know if she ever had an experience where she had a friend kind of grow apart from her and then end up coming back. I know that she has some friendships where she kind of grew apart from that individual, but I don't know if it was ever so intense like ours was of being very night and day of whether we were best friends or not. But nonetheless, this was such a learning experience for me. And it was something that I don't wish for any best friends to have to go through an experience, but It's something that I wish that I could go back and view through a different lens. And I'm glad that this was an internship because if this was a real job, I probably would have been fired. And (laughs) this internship allows for me to make mistakes and allows for me to recognize that I don't know what I'm doing all of the time. And I do make errors. I do make mistakes and it's okay. It's fine. Because this is just an internship of life. We don't know what we're doing. We're trying things out. We're testing things. And fortunate enough for me, I have an awesome best friend who also acknowledges that we're in this internship of life and acknowledges that people make mistakes. So I also want to tie this back to my previous podcasts about relationships and understanding that sometimes people choose things that are most serving to them at the time and might not necessarily be serving to you, but doesn't mean that that person loves you any less. I still loved Emma the same as I did when we weren't best friends. I I love her just as much now. And there are some times in people's lives that they make decisions that you feel aren't serving to you, but that's just part of life. And It's really kind of beautiful when you take a step back and look at it because we're just trying things out. We're just testing things. We're seeing what works. And clearly that path that I was picking wasn't working. Oh my gosh, that was such a bad idea. But we bounced back from it. But there's also other 
avenues of viewing your life as an internship and viewing your experiences as the opportunities to learn. And I look back on that experience and I don't beat myself up for it. I'm not proud of the way that I treated Emma during that period of time. I definitely was not the kindest version of myself, but I'm not going to sit back and beat myself up for it because, again, I had never been in a situation where I was so much so with a friend that I became internally competitive. Even though Emma wasn't trying to be competitive, I was trying to be competitive, and it ultimately ended up rocking my entire world or my entire friendship of everything that I had initially established. And it got me into this mindset of, okay, well, I can just run away. And got me thinking of my abandonment issues and things of that nature. It's easier to abandon than to fix. And that was something, and that was that perspective that I had on life. It was way easier to abandon because that's what I knew. That's what my job experience was in, abandonment. I knew how to leave. I knew how to get left. And if I could just leave anything that was hard for me or that wasn't serving for me, that was the easy way out. I didn't need an excuse. I didn't need an explanation. It was just, I'm leaving and that's it. That was my job experience. And now I can add the job experience of leaving, recognizing that that was wrong, coming back and reconciling. I can also add to my job experience of, hey, here's this indicator of maybe you need to communicate with your friend a little bit better and talk about how you can realign on your outlooks on your relationship with them. So there's a lot of things that you can learn. Like there's a lot of things that you can add to your resume of life. There's a lot of things that will help you navigate navigate life better. But I think ultimately just viewing your life as an internship, viewing everything as a learning opportunity really provides you with the ability to, number one, not beat yourself up for every decision that you make. Because, because again, you do not have all the experience that you need for every single situation that you're going to find yourself in. But in addition to that, you can also add items to this resume of life. You can add experiences and start recognizing patterns or recognizing things that you do in your life so that way you can say, hey, I know that this isn't an exact situation that I was in, but there was something similar and there's a lot of commonalities between the two between the two and I recognize that this is behavior that I had or that I had once practiced and didn't really work out or that I had once practiced and it did really work out and I saw it to be really effective so I'm going to use it again I just really I think that that's effective and then it really just truly allows for you to not beat yourself up it is you have no experience all right so that's my take on life and how you can potentially view it in a positive light to not necessarily get so caught up in the weeds and beating yourself up and having negative thoughts and feelings towards other people because maybe their job experience, their quote unquote job experience doesn't have all the experience that you do. You really have no say on someone else's life because you don't know what their job experience is. And when I say job experience, again, I mean life experience. I don't mean real job. So 
take a look at your life through the lens of an internship. Take a look at your life through the lens of learning opportunities and the ability to learn not only more about others, but more about yourself. Because at the end of the day, that is who you get to be with every single day, yourself. No matter what, you're with yourself every single day. So you might as well better yourself to be a version of yourself that you want to spend time with. And my challenge for you this week is to try and view an obstacle that you're currently facing or that you might have faced in the past as a learning experience. And how can you learn from that, that thing that you went through or that you are currently going through and how can that be serving to you going forward or how can it be serving to you now how can something that you once did now be something that you can find insightful and gain value from now even though might not necessarily have been too fruitful in the first occurrence of it so Thanks so much for listening to the Aspiring Adult Podcast, and I will see you all next week. Bye!